Are you ready to take your business to the top? Well, strap in and hold on tight. You're listening to the Top of the Wall Podcast from Redwall Marketing. Business and marketing strategies to lift you above the competition and over the wall of mediocrity. Now, here's your host, J.R. Griggs. Hey, it's JR here with the Top of the Wall Podcast from Redwall Marketing. And today we're going to be talking about um, the race to the bottom. And uh, that's a phrase that I first heard from Seth Godin. So I don't know if uh, anybody else has said that in the in the, the past. But the idea of the race to the bottom is simply uh, companies that are, or products even, but generally companies that are based mainly on price. Like their, their biggest selling point is price. Uh, doing something cheaper and faster. That's relatively all they have to offer. And the problem with that is that, you know, there's always going to be that next person to, to undercut or, or reduce price. And so um, they're just going to continue going and, and literally you're racing to the bottom. You're racing to be the cheapest, the next Walmart. Um, and again, unless you can mass produce like Walmart, um, you're going to have a hard time with those low margins. And so um, it, it's just a bad model for the majority of businesses. And again, there are some that... Uh, have success with it, but if you're not Walmart with the capability, you know, or Kmart with the capability of having as many stores and as many products and getting the kind of deals they do and you know all that, you're you're really going to struggle. And uh, what got me thinking about this was simply shopping for pumpkins. Uh, just went out and uh, you know Halloween just passed, and so uh, we carve a couple pumpkins every year with the kids, and so we went out to get uh, our pumpkins. And um, quite a while ago, we, we used to, I think we were buying our pumpkins from like a, a you know, pumpkin patch place. Uh, it was like a church up the street or whatever. Um, and while that, you know, you could say, okay, goes to charity. Um, I think like each pumpkin, it was like 15, 20 bucks, like minimum, uh, just to get a, a pumpkin from there. And, uh you know, then one day we realized, why aren't we just buying it from our grocery store? And so we, we started to notice that our local grocery store was selling them for like $5, uh, huge ones. Like, I, I don't think they limit the size. It was just, you could get the monster pumpkin for five bucks. <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, just, it, you know, we didn't have any attachment to that church or charity or whatever they were doing. And, um, it was honestly just easier to head over to, uh, you know, Publix and, and grab a pumpkin. Um, I think even Walmart sells pumpkins probably somewhere around the same price. And, you know, it, it's it's um, a great example of just a commodity item. I mean, it's pumpkins, right? It's, uh, you know, they're grown in mass production and um, probably, you know, they probably GMO the crap out of it to get the fastest growing pumpkins and the largest uh, yield out of their square footage or whatever, but that's, it's a, it literally the phrase dime a dozen, you know, comes to mind. Uh, it is a mass produced, uh, big industry, of course, uh, you know, big industry, but it's, it's technically a race to the bottom. Whoever can produce the most pumpkins at the cheapest price is going to get the distribution into, um, you know, retailers into stores. <clears throat> and so, while it could be a very good model if you're 
a well-known farm or you have the land or you have the technology or the connections or you're already in, it certainly wouldn't be a business I start, right? It's it's a race. Not only is it a race to the bottom, it's a pretty darn, um, you know, popular industry in a sense being that, you know, there's pumpkins in every store. So while some might look at that as, well, everybody buys pumpkins. I mean, all, you know, fall, you can make a killing with it. People make pumpkin pie and they, you know, they decorate pumpkins and they do all that. You know, you look at that and think every store has pumpkins. So therefore it's a good industry. Well, it's really not. Um, in fact, it's, it's, you know, a horrible industry to get to because it is so uh, crowded and so cheap. Again, <clears throat> unless you're buying $5 pumpkins and sell, reselling them, which I don't know how much these pumpkin patches are making around here. I don't know if they're doing well with uh, their $15, $20 pumpkins. Um, it always seems like there's plenty left around Halloween. Um, but again, it was just a, one of the things that popped into my head as an example of a race to the bottom. And there's a lot of examples like that. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, you know, also rans out there. You know, there's a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, especially in the local industry, people get an idea to start a company and they're basically just the next guy. You know, somebody comes in and wants to be a plumber. So, you know, they know what they're doing and they're going to undercut all the competition. Well, that's, again, you're racing to the bottom because, if you're operating at lower margins and lower profits to uh, undercut all the other businesses, you, you're going to have less, less flexibility, less room for growth, less ability to put in the kind of work that needs to be done at times or to use the quality products or to hire quality help. And so you're literally just becoming a bargain basement um, company and somebody else is just going to undercut you. I mean, that's what they're going to do. I just spoke with a client um, recently who has every once in a while a newcomer comes into his industry and is super cheap. Like they're just uh, dirt cheap on price and to the point where, you know, he knows you can't survive on that. And at first it was a concern. Well, what do I do? Should I should I match the price? Do I, you know, how do I do this? And I said, you know, you especially in a service industry, you can never bid against what somebody else is doing. I learned this at 16 when I was, um, when I was doing construction. I learned that uh, you know, you, you, from, the, uh, from the guy I was working with, he would never bid. Uh, if he had a price, he'd put in his price, he'd send it in, and they'd come back and say, well, this guy bid this much. And he'd say, well, if, you're, you know, if, you're, if that's what you're looking for is a cheaper price, then go with that one. And uh, I remember asking him once why he never bids back, and he said that he never knows what he's bidding against. So why would he why would he lower his bid? He doesn't know the quality work that the other guy's going to do. So he might be bidding against a guy who doesn't have a clue, doesn't have any experience, is going to use you know um, crappy products or a crappy method or whatever. And it came to light actually at a job. We were we were doing a job and and one of, we were doing some molding I think or something in, in a closet or I remember it was in the closet that I saw this but there were some cabinets that he bid to install in the closets. There's these big walk-in closets, and um, you know one of the one of the parts of the project that he did not get was installing these cabinets. Somebody else came in cheaper, and when we looked at the the cabinets, he showed me how the um, Basically, whoever installed them 
built these cabinets. They were like put together cabinets. You, you get them from Home Depot, and the, the homeowner was just paying for somebody to install them, build them, and put them put them in. Well, there's molding on the floor, so the baseboard, right? And when they put these cabinets in, they just put it up next to the baseboard, screwed the top into the wall, and walked away. So what you have is cabinets that are slightly leaning back. They're not flush against the wall because obviously the you know the molding sticks out you know on a quarter inch or something like that, half inch. It was pretty pretty big molding actually. So it's probably a quarter inch to a half inch. So there's this gap now behind the cabinet where it's leaning against the wall because they didn't either one they could have cut the molding so that the cabinet fits into the molding and goes flush against the wall, or they could have cut a little you know. A uh, little notch out of the bottom of the cabinet so that it fits up around the molding and it goes flush against the wall. It would have been a proper way to install it. So this guy was cheaper, but the work was obviously not up to standard. This was a really nice home. This was a it was a doctor's house, a really nice house, um, but the work was not very good. And he pointed it out to me and said, "That's why I don't bid against anybody. I can't reduce my cost because my cost includes doing it right. The person I'm bidding against." is obviously not doing it right. And therefore, for me to try to get into a bidding war with them and lower my price, I, I, I no longer have the margin to do the job right. The time, the tools, the materials. And it was a great example at an early age of why you don't uh, race to the bottom and get into bidding wars because you don't know what you're bidding against. So when this uh, you know competition keeps coming up for my client, uh, and, and, and they keep showing up like way lower than he is. His first reaction was, what do I do? Should I match it? Uh, I'm worried. And my advice to him then was, uh, how much profit could there be in that price? And he said, very little. I said, so they might be cutting corners, right? And he explained that there were some ways to cut corners and uh, that would reduce the price. And if you do cut corners, you um, you would... Uh, you wouldn't get as good of a uh, product and, and whatnot. So uh, one of the things we decided to do instead was I said, well, you need to stick to your guns on price, I think, because keep in mind that guy's got to do more work to make the profit you do. So he's got to do two jobs to, to equal what you would get from one and a half jobs, right? And then the next thing we did was we started to incorporate the steps that we take in his service. So each step was recorded, right? So uh, he's got, you know, a, a particular method that he does. And he started putting that in all his literature. His salesmen were trained to talk about that with all uh, estimates and customers. And so what that did was, and then it was in the written material that was left with the customer. And so what that did was when it came time to compare, they were able to, the customers were better able to see, wait, wait, are you doing this too? Because this company's doing this. They're doing X, Y, and Z. It seems like you're only doing X. And it it created, in fact, customers calling and saying, we went with you because you did this. You seem to offer more for the price. And so that was a big deal. We just simply clarified our offering so that customers understood the value of his higher price. And it was way more professional and, and you know, uh, what ended up happening is, is the few times that somebody's come across like that, they've they've gone out of business. We don't we don't see them popping up anymore in search terms or at any of the shows he goes to. They, they don't exist. And so uh, it was funny that recently, about two weeks ago, he emails me another one that just popped up. Brand new company. Super, super cheap. Again, just dirt cheap. And uh, one of his... Um, 
one of his partners that he's working with, he now works with other companies in the same industry, was freaking out like he did originally. And it was just a funny thing to see that same thing. And, you know, it was funny to see him email me and say, I'm not worried about it. I know that, you know, he's not the first guy to come in super cheap. Uh, he probably won't be the last. So some of these guys come in, they try to be that bottom base price and it doesn't work out. They can't survive. If you know the quality of your work and you know the quality of your product, make sure your customers understand that. Don't get involved in any races to the bottom, okay? There's coffee houses here in Tampa that are extremely expensive on their cup of coffee. But if you're somebody who appreciates a good cup of coffee and a good atmosphere, you probably recognize that it's not, you know, a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Personally, I like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I'm not I'm, I'm probably not the greatest. I just mentioned this to someone this week. I'm probably not the greatest judge of a great cup of coffee. I love coffee. I drink it every day, uh, usually two. Um, and uh, I, you know, maybe if you gave me a big taste test thing, I don't know. I think McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts actually have decent coffee as long as they make it right uh, when it comes to the cream and sugar. But there, there and again, I use cream and sugar um, typically when I have a coffee out. I usually just drink black coffee as my second cup of coffee. Um, and so, uh, so when I, ha- when I'm out, it's usually on a weekend, I'll grab a nice coffee with cream and sugar. Um, so again, that could be why I don't, uh, I don't know any difference between those, but I have had other coffee that's got like really nice flavor and I've paid more money for it at different coffee shops. Uh, and it could be just atmosphere or the taste or the way they brew it or whatever, but people are paying more money at those shops. And so those coffee shops are not in a race to the bottom. Um, I'm not necessarily saying you should open a coffee shop. It's a pretty crowded market, again. But if your goal was to open up a coffee shop and try to be the cheapest coffee that you know can be can you know be in the area, you're stuck competing against McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts. You know, McDonald's is, was just running a promo like any size coffee was a dollar, um, and they're uh, they're still I think their most expensive coffee is a dollar dollar seventy or something like that. Um, and you know, unfortunately, Starbucks uh, gets a I don't like Starbucks coffee. I think it tastes like crap. But, uh, you know, they, they often get uh, accused of being, the, the you know, the uh, super expensive coffee. It's really not. A large coffee is about two twenty five versus like $1.80 at, um, at McDonald's so or $1.50, whatever it is. Um, it's not crazy. Uh, uh, much more money. People think it's 4 to $5. It's really not. Uh, the lattes are. But uh, Starbucks has thrived with a premium product even though I did beg to differ on the taste of the coffee, uh, I do like their lattes and their, their frappuccinos when I'm having a cheat day and, and I want some extra sugar. But if you were to get into that race to the bottom of I'm going to start a uh, you know coffee shop and come up with the cheapest coffee available, that's a bad industry. And you're, you know, um, as Seth Godin said, the problem with the race to the bottom is you, you might win. <laughs> and if you win... It's a loss. When you become the cheapest of the cheapest, the lowest of the low, it's not necessarily a win. Your margins aren't there to keep up and keep good products or to keep with the rising costs of just being in business or employee cost. It's not there. The margins aren't there. And you have to sell far more product or service than your competition that's charging higher price. And, you know, again, you've heard me say before, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of being high-priced, but for a reason. Make sure you have a reason to be high-priced. If your oil changes are all about how much can we, how cheap can we do an oil change with the cheapest 
you know, oil available, understand that you're going to have the low margin. You're going to need to do more oil changes than the next guy. Um, and, you know, you're, you're going to have to hire the cheapest employees if that's your sole business. Now, if it's smart, if you're doing a race to the bottom type thing in price for getting a lower barrier to entry for your customers, that's good. For instance, some places might offer uh, low price oil changes for the purpose of gaining customers and having your service technicians check for other problems and hopefully you have a high sales rate, a high close rate of selling some other service, finding out that they need a tune-up or an air filter that you can you know, sell at a good price or anything else, a new belt, you know, whatever the case may be, um, that's smart. So having a low barrier to entry, having something inexpensive, maybe having cheap coffee because you have expensive markups on your uh, muffins and other things, and that's what people really love about your place. But you bring them in with the very low price coffee because they can come in for that. They can grab a coffee for a dollar, and you're really good at selling them the muffin, which has a high margin. So there are ways to do that. But if I was starting a business today, local business, online business, product, I would try to avoid any of these crowded markets where the only real way for you to win is to race to the bottom. If you're making pumpkins, if you're going to go plant a pumpkin farm, I don't know unless you have some patented way of making the most uh, amazing shaped pumpkin, tasting pumpkin, size pumpkin, whatever, uh, or the fastest way to get it out or whatever the case may be, you're you're just in a race to the bottom. You're just going to have to do it as cheap as you can, sell more pumpkins than your competition does to make the prices that they are or to make the profits that they are. And so that's where, um, you know, again, if it's a crowded market, that race to the bottom, um, it's just not going to pay off. It's not going to, it's not going to pay off. You, you're, you're really racing yourself out of business. So, uh, you know, that's something to, um, Again, to consider with when starting a business, something to consider with your current product. Um, how cheap is your product? If you raise the prices a little bit, could you put in a little bit more um, customer service? Uh, could you fo- afford to pay employees more to create a happier environment or get better employees, people that are a little bit more trained and uh, able to, to work better? Could you use better supplies? Could you spend more time on the product or the, the, the service. Those are all things that people will no doubt pay for. They, they will pay for that. I just, um, uh, you know, interestingly, uh, this is a good story, actually. I, I don't know if I, if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but um, our, our car had a, uh, the catalytic converter went, um, went bad on it. And we, uh, we need obviously to get it fixed. Um, you know, we try to hang on to our cars as long as we can and uh, keep repairing them, keep maintaining them, and and let them last. And so we called around and uh, checked. Uh, there were two places I found online. One had a like 115 reviews. The other had like two or three, and one of the two or three was bad. Um, the one with the higher reviews was more money, uh, but he flat out gave me a good within $50 estimate of what it was going to cost me. Um, although it ended up being at the high end of that, you know, it was within 50 bucks. Uh, he had like a $50 window. The next guy I called was actually quite a bit cheaper. However, he kept saying, well, I got to look at it first. Got to look at it first. His attitude on the phone was very like, you know, yeah, you know, bring it in if you want. 
Uh, I can't tell you anything over the phone. Here's the lowest it's going to be is this. Um, just really didn't fight for me to get in there and didn't really give me a good ballpark or make sure I knew I probably wouldn't spend this much or more. But anyway, I went with the higher price one initial. I felt like the other guy was kind of, it just, the attitude on the phone wasn't good. Very little reviews online. And, uh, I was worried that, you know, he was giving me that base price and might raise it. So we went with the other one, which it was, uh, to be honest, it was, uh, final price was like $140 more than the other guy's low price that he quoted me. So could have been the same. However, I saw the quality in their work just from their reviews, the way the guy was with me on the phone, the enthusiasm he had, the just really helpful answering my questions sounded like he wanted to be there that day. Uh, not that he was, uh, you know, waiting for the five o'clock bell to ring so he can go home. And that's what sold me that that was it. And as far as I know, I paid at least $140 more. Maybe not. Maybe it would have been cheaper. At, you know, maybe, maybe it would have been the same price at the other place. But as far as the bottom line quote, it's about $140 more. So that's an example of a company that's not racing to the bottom. They're not trying to beat everybody out there. They're trying to do the best work they can uh, for their customers and make them happy. You know, one of the um, – uh, there's another place I get my car serviced at. Again, they're not the cheapest by far. I mean, I, I can get cheaper prices, but – you know, I tend to go with them. Now, I'm I'm also somewhat of a of a you know do it yourself kind of guy. So sometimes I will fix uh, minor things on the car to an extent. I, I grew up with a family of mechanics, so uh, you, you pretty much it's something we always did uh, it was fix our own cars. We uh, I don't change my oil. I just it's it's just so easy to get that done these days. But little things that go wrong, I'll sometimes do it. It's kind of rewarding. And so the same day that I got the um, the the uh, catalytic converter fix. Sorry, um, when I got it fixed, they mentioned to me that they thought the spark one of the spark plugs might be bad because there was another um, there was just a little bit of a rough idle with the car. So I decided to um, you know replace the spark plugs. We had I don't remember the last time we did it, so I thought ah, I could play. And they don't do this there; they're just a muffler shop. Otherwise, while they had the car up, I would have said okay, swap them real quick. Would have been easy for them, but. Uh, they didn't do that. So I went over to uh, AutoZone, which is generally where I buy car stuff from. It's right up the street from me. And I went in and I and I asked for spark plugs. And I know because I'm in a family mechanics that the you know the cheap spark plugs are generally actually really good for the vehicle. Um, they're you don't need fancy spark plugs. There's a lot of uh, hype to that. So I asked them for the least expensive spark plugs for my car. And he sold me these spark plugs that were like, um, they were five bucks a piece or something like that. It's like $5 a piece. So, uh, I get the spark plugs, I come home and get ready to put them in. And my uncle called me to ask me about the, the car and everything. And I mentioned that they, there, there was a problem with the spark plugs. I'm going to swap them myself rather than take it somewhere else to get it done. Cause it would literally take me less than an hour. So he, uh, mentioned, make sure you get the manufacturer, cheap plugs. He reminded me again. And so when I mentioned to him that, yeah, but the cheapest ones they had for me were these like double platinum tip. And he's like, no, there should be basic copper wire spark plugs. Why would they sell you double platinum? I was like, I don't know. That's what the guy said is the cheapest. So he says, call back and ask me if they have the base ones. So I call back and I ask, do you guys have the base plugs, just the base plugs for this car? And the guy says, yeah, the cheapest recommended for those are, you know, these $5 ones. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So go online 
My uncle goes online, he looks, and he says, no, 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 look, you need the AC Delco basic platinum uh, spark plugs. They're like a dollar twenty-six a plug. Why are they selling you $5 spark plugs? So I go to their website, and I look up the spark plug for my car, and it turns out that they do carry these dollar twenty-six spark plugs. Um, they have them, right? So, but the guy's trying to sell me these $5 ones simply because they work on commission. And the problem is, is that it's not a matter of saving $4 per spark plug or $3.50 per spark plug. It's that my, my uncle's a mechanic and he's telling me that the plugs that work best in my car are the base ones. Because when you get these double platinum ones, they have a different kind of coating on it. And he's just found in his experience that those are more likely to go bad. And... I and I have a bad spark plug when I didn't do the spark plugs that long ago. So he said, get the cheap AC Doco. Those are the ones that come with your car. Those are the ones designed for your car. Just go with those. And here's a company trying to be high price by deceiving me into thinking that I can't buy cheaper spark plugs. So I left. Uh, I actually called uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts, which is right across the street, brand new, just opened, right across the street. Called up on the phone, and all I said was, give him the car. I said, look, I just want the base spark plug for this car. What, um, you know, the base uh, spark plug that's um, that, that, that works for my vehicle. Do you have those in stock? And I already knew because I checked their website, but I wanted to see what he said. So he came back and said that the, you know, the the, the base one, the, the copper wire ones are $1.26 or $1.18 or whatever it was. He says, we have some other ones that also work for the vehicle that are, you know, double platinum, whatever. Um, but the base one that comes with your car is, you know, this $1.18 one. So he was very honest in letting me know that, hey, look, there's a reason you could upgrade to these higher expenses, these higher price ones. Uh, but if you just want the cheap basic ones, they're only $1.26, whatever it was. So I drove back to AutoZone, returned the entire set of spark plugs, drove across the street to O'Reilly and bought the spark plugs there. Now, here's the significance here. O'Reilly ended up being less money simply because they offered me a, uh, the proper product that I was looking for. The, 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 and again, it wasn't about price for me. It was about finding the base spark plug because that's what my mechanic uncle is telling me works best in my vehicle. And one place was refusing to even tell me that they had in stock these base plugs. You know, uh, They didn't even want to tell me they had them in stock. Because they didn't even want to suggest it to me. They just wanted to go with whatever the recommendation for the highest price was. Um, what this has me doing now is I just went from a place I always go for my parts to the store that just opened across the street. And now my trust factor with this particular store is shot. And the next time I need something, I'm either going to go straight to the O'Reilly store, the brand new store, or I may at least shop the price a little bit since they're right across the street, literally across the street from each other. And I've talked about this in other episodes. If you're going to be high priced, be high priced for a reason. Don't let your customers go across the street because somebody's cheaper for the same exact thing, or that person's more honest about what they need in their car or their, you know, whatever it is they're looking for. So, Somebody might say, well, that's kind of like a race to the bottom because O'Reilly's just selling you the cheap stuff. Well, no, they've got their standard markup in those spark plugs, but they obviously have possibly earned me as a, um, a long-term customer 
because we tend to buy things. You know, if I need wiper blades, I swap them myself. I run to the auto parts store. I buy wiper blades. Um, you know, little things, cleaning supplies for the car. We go uh, and we get them from the auto store. It's generally where we go. It's just easier than trying to go to a, a Walmart or something. We go to the auto parts store. I mean, I can't say I buy a ton of parts, but if we need something for the car that's easy for me to handle, I go to the local store and I take care of it. It's just the easiest um, thing for me to do. I just replaced my headlamps. Again, it was a five-minute job. It's something I'd like to do. So, um, you know, and it just, again, is an example of how when it comes to pricing, you don't want to be in a race to the bottom and just try to be the cheapest place you could be, right? But you also don't want to go charging high prices simply to charge the high price, deceive your customers, and offer no real value for that high price, okay? You want to um, have a reason for people to spend that money. Have a reason for the customer to choose you over the competition that goes beyond price. Because in two examples there, I gave you one case where I spent more money with one auto service company and another case where I spent less money, but they might have earned me as a lifelong customer simply because they were honest about which part I needed for my vehicle. And I generally don't even shop those things. But those are just, it just happened to, uh, a little off trail there, but just happened to happen in the last uh, like two, two weeks, I think it happened. Um, and it was just an interesting uh, event where in the same day, I'm spending more money with one company, less money with another for two different reasons. And, uh, you know, neither one of them, price was the deciding factor. In neither case was price the deciding factor, even though in one case I paid less. It was simply giving me what I need and not trying to throw in other things or sell me something I don't need. So when it comes to your pricing, no race to the bottom. Don't even get into an industry where all you can do is race to the bottom. If there's too many plumbers in your town and you want to be a plumber, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to be a plumber, but find out what's missing from the other plumbers and provide that. Make sure there's a void. Just because you're a plumber doesn't mean the town you're in owes you something, <laughs> owes you customers. In fact, our last podcast was exactly about that. You're not entitled to anything. So just because you exist doesn't mean you're suddenly going to have, uh, you know, a thousand, you know, toilets to repair. It's not going to happen. And just because you're the cheapest doesn't mean that you're going to thrive in your business and customers are going to automatically choose you because if you're offering bad service and bad products, you're going to end up with bad reviews, bad reputation, and you're not going to get more business. So that race to the bottom, you got to be careful. You might win. And um, if you're going to offer something of more value, if you're going to charge higher prices, offer more value, be honest and upfront with your customers, and uh, they will pay it. I mean, statistically, they will pay it. It's proven. They will pay more money for better work and better products. That's it for today. We're at 30 minutes here. I don't want to go too much longer. Um, I kind of rambled on quite a bit there. I apologize for that. But uh, it's a valid lesson, I think, when it comes to your pricing. And it's something that you should really think about in your business, uh, whether you're starting a business or thinking about starting one or just looking at ways to modify yours or wondering if you're doing the right thing. So hopefully that helps you out this week. Again, if you have any questions, if you ever have any questions about these podcasts, um, shoot us an email. Go to uh, redwallmarketing.com and hit the contact button. Shoot me an email. Uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can and try to answer any questions we can. Um, and then make sure you browse through the site for other great tips and, and products and uh, help in your business. We'll see you on the next show. 
Thanks for listening to the Top of the Wall podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of the great episodes coming up for you. For more resources and tools to take your business to the top, visit redwallmarketing.com.